Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Would you please welcome uh, the wonderful Danielle Strickland. Say, Danielle's there. Travelled 20 hours to be with us this weekend and we really appreciate it. She's uh, been speaking at our proximity conference with hundreds of our Eden workers who live in these tough communities. She's amazing and she was actually, seriously, out of all the speakers in the world, this is the one person I wanted here for this weekend. And God's made it possible, so I'm so delighted. Let's pray for her. Thank you, God, for all that Danielle carries of your heart for the least, the last and the lost. Thank you that you love her so much. I just pray, even now as she speaks, that your love will pour out of her, that we'll receive your word through this woman and it'll change things and equip us and release us and set us free, Jesus. Just bless this time as we listen to her. As we listen to her, we're confident you're going to speak, God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Whoa. Hey, turn to somebody beside you and say, wake up. Now then turn to someone on the other side of you and say, I mean, wake up. I think you need to turn to someone in front of you and just shake them on the shoulder and say, I really mean, wake up. <laughs> Listen, I, I kid you not, clear as a bell, I heard the word of the Lord tonight. I really did. During that prayer meeting we had before this meeting, the Lord spoke to me from uh, Ephesians chapter 5, which is, of course, Paul speaking and quoting uh, even older inscription than that. It said this, wake up. O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. This is a beautiful thing. And I just went through all of these images in my mind, just like flashing through my mind. The first image really of me waking up for the very first time. I remember being in, in jail. I was in prison because I was a car thief and a drug addict. And I was like just messing up my life. And I really literally was like dead inside. And uh, I was in a, a prison cell, and the Salvation Army lady came to visit me, you know, not, not giving up, not willing to actually let me go gently into that deep night, you know. And she came into that prison cell, and she just wrapped her arms around me, and she whispered in my ear, she said, I love you. You know, I was so dead on the inside and so asleep to real life that I didn't even hug her back. As a matter of fact, when she left my cell, I remember shouting out after her, you didn't even bring me a smoke, man. <laughs> How's that for thanks, you know? And when she left, um, all of a sudden, just that I was alone in that cell, which is really unusual, is under the city hall in Toronto. I remember a holding cell. And uh, Jesus showed up in that jail cell. I don't, I don't know what. I cannot even really explain it to you for the, to this day. But Jesus showed up. He did the exact same thing she did. He, he showed up and he just put his arms around me and he whispered in my ear, I love you. And listen, I'm telling you, this is exactly how I describe it. I said, I don't know exactly what happened. Did I, I felt him. I experienced him. I saw him him and something changed on the inside of me, what happened was, I describe it like this, it's as though somebody turned on a light and I woke up. It's as though somebody just turned on a light and I, and I woke up on the inside, something woke up inside of me. As a matter of fact, I remember like coming to myself. I remember going, oh, blank. I won't do that because I've already sworn enough this weekend. But I was like, I was just went, oh, no. Like, I'm, I, I'm in jail. You know, it's just like a new revelation for me. You know, like, what, what am I doing here? What's happening here? It was, a, it was an awakening because what God, what God wants to do, what he's always been doing, what he intends to do is to wake everybody up to the reality of where they're at and the reality of where they could be. He wants to wake everybody up up on the inside to his presence, to his love. 
And love wakes people up. That was the first time I ever remember being woken up on the inside was by Jesus. And I woke up. Now, it was a long journey, detox and probation and getting out of jail and all sorts of things. A long, long journey. But Jesus had this plan for my life and this this opportunity for me to be part of something. I could not even ask or imagine or dream about what God had possible and what God had planned. But wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. God, Christ will shine on you. There's a plan that God has. There's a purpose that God has us in this world for. He dreams for you. He dreams of you. He dreams of what you could be doing in the world. He dreams of a world waking up. He dreams of a generation waking up. He dreams of churches waking up. He dreams of whole nations awakening to his presence. This is, part, this is on his heart to do, and he's been waking people, and he wants to wake you up tonight. He wants to wake you up on the inside. He wants to wake you up so that you are fully alert to what it is that he's doing, so you're fully aware of what it is that he has for you, of how much he loves you, of what the plan is that he has for your life. Do you understand what I mean? Wake up. Wake up, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I remember I had this dream that forever changed my life. I I was in my first uh, ministry post uh, in Canada. I never really wanted to serve in a Western nation because one of the things I understood was just how hard it is to serve Jesus in wealth. You understand, it's so hard because wealth is so sleepy and so comfortable. It was just so hard. And I, so I always wanted to go somewhere else. And Jesus just was like, no, I'm calling you here. I'm calling you here. And, and I had this dream this one night. And uh, when, in this dream, what happened was I walked through this doorway. And the doorway was filled with these cobwebs. Uh, and I didn't see the spider web, you know. And I can't stand spiders. Like, if there's one thing I can't stand is spiders. <laughs> And I, I walked through, this is all a dream, I want everyone to take it easy, but uh, you walk through this doorway and there was this big, fat, hairy spider. I didn't see it either till after, but it bit me and I didn't even realize it. And when I walked into this doorway, I had been infected by this big, fat, hairy spider bite. And when I walked into this room, I got so tired. I just, I got exhausted. I literally, I went into the room, I was like, I'm so tired. And then, ta-da! miraculously what appeared in the room was this cot uh, where I could just lie down and I was like oh perfect I'm exhausted and I just laid down on this cot and when I laid down on the cot as soon as I laid down on the cot I my whole body became paralyzed I couldn't move at all but I was still kind of awake inside but everything was was stuck and paralyzed and then from out of each of the corners of the room all four corners of the room these thousands of tiny little spiders came out and devoured my entire body. (laughs) Maybe you just turn to the person beside you and say, are you awake now? (laughs) Now I did what you would have done. I rebuked that dream and sent it right back to hell from where it came. Right? I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, and I'm not sure it says this in the Bible, but one time I saw a movie, and I know that you're not supposed to die in your dream. It's not good, right? So I was like, get it off me. And I was just like, I don't receive that dream. I'm like being hounded by hell. You know, clearly spiders come from the devil. And so I'm just like, you know, this isn't good. And I'm just, and so, and then I go to bed the next night, and the dream comes back. And I can't sleep. I'm getting like irritated. And then, so then I just like resort to what every solid Christian does. I just put a Bible under my pillow. I try that, you know, and I I sleep that night, but I I wake up again with this dream. This dream won't come off me. So then I I resort to like craziness. Like I just, I phone everybody that I know who can pray really well. Anyone I can think of who can pray in tongues, you know, I call them up 
I say, I'm being harassed by the devil. Like, I need some help. Like, I think, like, death is coming to get me. And I just, like, I want to be free. Like, will you, somebody please come pray? And so this group came, and they prayed for me. And they're praying for me. And I'm just, like, they're just, like, we break off the spirit of death and all this kind of stuff. And I was just, like, yeah. And then one of the prayer people, she says, you know, actually, I just, I really feel like this dream's from God. I, I said, are you a beginner? Are you new at this? Because, like, I'm not a rocket scientist or, like, a prayer specialist, but there are tiny spiders from hell consuming my entire body. <laughs> this is not from God, you know? She's like, well, in my humble opinion, I suggest we ask God. <laughs> I said, oh, for Pete's sake. So, in my humble opinion, I said, okay, fine. I'll ask God just for you so I can prove you wrong, you know. So I asked God. We all, we're all in this prayer meeting. I say, God, like, is, it, do you, is this dream from you? <laughs> Boom, God speaks to me. It sure is, he says. And he gives me this interpretation of the dream. He says, you've walked through this doorway and you've been infected. You've been bitten by this culture of sleepiness, of spiritual sleepiness. A spiritual paralysis even of like a death-like state. And if you give in to the spirit, God spoke to me. If you give in to the spirit, if you lie down, if you like give in to the spirit, what will happen is you will die. But you will not die some sort of glorious, amazing, heroic martyrdom death. You won't die for the gospel. You won't die for the lost. You won't die for anything meaningful. As a matter of fact, what you'll die of is meaningless things. You'll die of tiny little spider bites, one at a time, a death by a thousand paper cuts. You'll die for things that don't even matter. What size your house is, where you live, who likes you, who thinks you're cool? I mean, you're going to die for like what salary you're going to make. You're going to die for things that do not matter in light of eternity. That's what's going to happen. You're going to be consumed by a death of smallness. And I said, God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die like that. I don't want to fall asleep. I don't want to fall asleep. I don't want to do that. What should I do? What do I do? Like, I said, wake me up. Like, wake me up. Don't let me do that. Don't let me waste my life on meaningless things. Don't let meaningless smallness, insignificance consume me. Don't let it happen. What do I do? Wake me up. Wake me up. And God showed me this vision right away. He just showed me. He reminded me of this thing that happened. I remember I was driving home from a night shift. I used to work at this woman's hostel, and I would drive home about 40 minutes on this highway, freezing cold Canada, freezing cold, like as cold as you can imagine times by 10. <laughs> it's nuts over there. And I'm driving in this car, and I've been working all night. And so what's happening is I'm falling asleep at the wheel. And you know what I do when I start falling asleep at the wheel? It's weird, but first I turn up the radio as loud as it'll go. I just like blast the radio, you know? And it's just like, and I'm like drumming on the thing. You know, that's why the music's so loud here, by the way. They're trying to wake you up. And it's like drumming on the thing. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, but I'm still like, I'm nodding off. I'm nodding off. So then I do like things that normal people don't do. I start pinching myself. Right? Like, I'm just like, oh, wake up, wake up. I'm pinching myself. And then I'm like, that's not working either. So then I just give myself a couple good slaps. Just like, wake up, wake up, Strickland. I'm talking to myself. Wake up, wake up. And then I do what nobody ever does. I mean, we will tell you, we will train you. If you ever move to Canada, we'll train you never to do this in, in, in winter. Minus 35 below, I wind down my window. And I stick my head out. 
My eyebrows are now frozen open. You know, like it's, it's, it's never going to be the same again for me. I, I found it hard to go to sleep like for days after that, but I'm that kind of frozen, you know, and I just was like, I'm awake. I'm awake. And God said ever so gently to me, he said, do that. I said, what? Do, do what exactly? He said, do that. Do whatever it takes. He said, do that. Pinch yourself. Smack yourself. Turn up the music. Set your alarm clock to pray. Rage against the spirit of sleepiness that would cause you to die an insignificant death. Rage against it. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Begin to stir yourself up. Begin to wake yourself up. Begin to actually embrace some discomfort just so that you can stay awake. Give until it hurts, actually. Just like pinching yourself when you're on the road and you want to stay awake. Witness to someone that makes you uncomfortable. Go ahead and do it just like smacking yourself so you'll stay awake. I mean, literally get out of bed early. That ought to do it. Why don't you go without some food? That might actually wake you up a little bit. I'll tell you right now, it'll wake up the bear in you and you'll wake up and be like, what's going on? And God's going to say, wake up. Oh, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. If you can stir yourself awake, if you can wake up, oh sleeper, and rise from the dead, you don't have to die an insignificant life. You don't have to say yes to the enemy about the end of the church. You don't have to come into agreement about a generation where it's oh so too hard and it's oh so too late. It is not. If you would wake up, if you would raise yourself up, if you would rise up from the dead, Christ would shine on you. And if Christ shines on you, you better believe that he will draw every one to himself and he can save to the uttermost it's not too late and it's not too hard I remember I was in this uh, friends with this guy Clarence he's a chronic alcoholic he grew up in residential schools in Canada so he's been abused by the church his whole life he's got pain in his life he just can't get rid of he drinks anything anything. He drinks Listerine. He drinks mouthwash. He drinks alcohol straight. I mean, it's just, and uh, he used to come to our church. It was so funny. He'd come every time my husband was preaching. I remember he used to, he was a heckler, you know? So every time my husband were pre- preaching, he would shout out, he'd go, that's garbage. Don't listen. It's garbage. And someone would have to be like, Clarence, buddy, take a hike. You know, like we're trying to preach here. And then, but whenever I was preaching, he used to stand at the back and he'd go, you're so beautiful. <laughs> And I'd be like, someone give that guy a front seat, you know, like bring him closer. You know, I need to hear more of that. But anyway, <laughs> one day I was, I was going for a run and I, 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 I designed my run so that at the very end of my run, I went down a really big hill. Cause then it was like, I was like amazing, you know, like, cause I'm going downhill and I just was like, I'm finishing so strong, you know? And I remember this so clearly because of this. At the top of the hill, I ran past Clarence. Clarence was like leaning on the bus stop. You know, it was kind of slushy out. It was still a little bit cold. Just winter was kind of making its way out. And Clarence was kind of like hanging onto the bus stop. He was already drunk, but I knew he was catching the bus to go to the park with his buddies where he's going to drink some more. And I went, I, I said, hey, hey, Clarence, hey, beautiful. He said, I remember I was like, uh, uh. and then I finished strong. And I was just like, well, record time on my run. And I get down to the bottom of the hill and God speaks to me. And he says, very clearly, he says, Clarence is going to die tonight if he goes to that park. 
And I remember saying to him, why couldn't you tell me that at the top of the hill? <laughs> like, hello? Anyway, I climb back up that hill and I go up to Clarence. I say, Clarence, God told me not, you shouldn't go to the park tonight. If you go to the park tonight, you might die. And Clarence looks at me and he goes, where else would I go? And I said, Clarence, come on home with me. And he said, well, that sounds like an invitation I can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> and I began to help assist to try to get Clarence down this hill to my house. It was the weirdest thing. He's a big guy. He's already loaded. He's a little tipsy. We're trying to walk down this like uneven hill. He's trying to walk just in general. I'm trying to help him and it's slippy. And every couple steps we take, Clarence falls into the gutter. I pick him up again, and we go in, and he falls, and then he keeps apologizing. He keeps saying, I'm so sorry, Danielle. I'm so sorry, Danielle. And finally, the Spirit of the Lord just comes over me. I don't even, I, I'm pretty sure my neighbors were forever changed as well. But I just grab Clarence by the scruff of his neck, and I, I lift him up, and I stand him on his feet, and I say, you were not born for the gutter. You were not <laughs> born for the gutter. This is not your destiny. This is not God's plan for you. You were born for so much more than this, Clarence. There is something God has for you to do. He wants you to live and not die. He wants you to actually do something that's going to matter. He's got dreams for you. He can heal you. He can save you. I'm just like, oh, Clarence is like, you're so beautiful. I'm just like, this can happen. You know, like this can, I am so sick and tired of like nursing people to their death, coming into agreement, sort of spectating, saying, oh, isn't it so sad about Clarence? I'm so tired of that. And God is too. Do you know that? He's so tired of watching his bride fall into the gutter, to fall into settling, to fall into the, 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 what we'll do, to fall into this mediocre smallness of insignificance, consuming you, literally consuming your life, that he, he wants to just grab you. I just felt like the spirit of God tonight just wants to grab you by the scruff of the neck and say, you weren't born for this. You weren't born for this. This isn't good enough for you. This isn't why I dreamed for you. This isn't why I, I bled for you. This isn't why I died for you. I died that you might have resurrection life, that you might give it away, that you might actually complete the task, that you might actually fight off the dragon and rescue the babies. I actually died that you might actually make a difference on the earth. I died that you might wake up and rise from the dead. Do you understand? And Christ will shine on you. He will. Christ will shine on you. Christ will make a way where there is no way. I don't know exactly who all is here. I know some of you need to be woken up for the first time. It's not too late for you. It's not too hard for you. There's some of you here who you're in, you're in a prison. You're in an emotional, a spiritual prison. You're dead on the inside and you know it. But I, I serve a God who can raise the dead raised me. I serve a God who can rise those who are sleeping. I serve a God who can wake up people from the inside out. I serve a God who can bring a light and show a way. My friend Pat, she had a vision that changed her life. She was stuck in so much filth in her life, just sexual exploitation and just not, like just things. And she had this vision, you know, she said she was in this pit. She was up to her, her shoulders in muck and mire and literally human waste. 
She said it was so disgusting. And she was chained in this pit and she was looking up at the top of this pit and she was like, help, help, help. And she said all around the pit, you know, she said there were people, her parents were there and her parents were crying, sort of saying, look at our daughter in the pit. And then she said there were some friends of hers that were from church from way back and they were looking there and they were praying for her. God help Patricia out of the pit, you know, and they were saying, Patricia, if only you could get out of the pit, you know, we're all up here waiting for you. And then she said, finally, she saw this figure approach the pit and, and, and she saw it was Jesus and she thought, oh, great here comes Jesus to encourage me out of the pit, you know? And she said, and I watched in horror as Jesus turned around and he lowered himself into the pit. She said, I just was like, what are you doing, you fool? She said, Jesus turned around in the pit and looked at me and just went like this. (laughs) And she said, great, now we're both stuck in a pit. And Jesus said, I know something you don't know. (laughs) I know the way out. And he released her chains and he turned into the middle of the pit. There was a door, she said. And of course, it's a secret door that only Jesus can open, but he pushes the door and leads her out a way that she never even thought was possible, that Jesus can actually create a way out, not just for Pat, but for an entire generation. Do you understand? He has this plan to release the prisoner. He has this plan to release the captives. He has this plan to rescue a generation from a spirit of death. It is not too late. It is not too hard. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is not a message for the faint-hearted. I'm not going to make stuff up. This is going to be hard. It's going to require everything you've got. Nothing less than that will do. It's going to require some pinching. It's going to require some slapping. Some of you are going to need to put your whole head out of a window and freeze yourself open. I mean, literally, this is going to be costly, painful, sacrificial. But this is what it's worth. It's worth waking up from insignificant death. It's worth living the dream that God has for your life. You were not born for less than that. And I want to ask tonight if there's some of you that want to commit your life, to commit to waking up, to say, you know what? I am tired of being asleep. I am tired of giving into a spirit of sleepiness. I am tired of being like paralyzed and not being able to actually combat those little tiny spiders that come my way. I am tired of this and I'm, I'm tired of giving into this. I'm tired of being okay with mediocre when God has planned for me so many higher things. I'm tired of just being okay with my own church doing okay when a generation's going to hell. I'm tired of it and I'm going to actually, I'm going to commit tonight. This will be a night, a marked night where I'm going to live for a higher purpose and a higher calling, the one that God actually designed me for. Because you were not born for the gutter, and you were not even born for mediocre. You were born for higher things, do you understand? For the gospel of Christ. And if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to choose tonight to wake myself up. And I'm going to pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your spirit that's stirring us. Thank you for disturbing us. Thank you that there's no change in the future without disturbing the present. Would you disturb our present right now? Would you disturb our present? Would you be like an alarm clock every single day in our heads? Would you just like wake us up? Would you help us to participate? 
with a move that you want to do on the earth that we've never seen before, would you help us to lose our lives for the purpose of a higher purpose, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in this life, in our time, on this earth, in your way through our willingness to wake ourselves up? Would you shine on us? Jesus, would you shine on us and bring the light of your glory? Would you arise and shine for your glory has come for a generation? Would you wake us up? Would you show us how? Would you give us strategies right now? Would you begin to show us how we can turn our alarm clocks on? How we can begin to actually slap ourselves into wakefulness so that we're alert to your voice so we can hear your spirit and do what you say? Would you please begin to to literally kill us for normal? Would you begin to actually just, we can't wait to just say goodbye to mediocrity. Would you, would you just show us not to settle for the middle? Would you, would you fix our eyes? Would you fix our eyes on you, Jesus? Would you, would, you, would you raise our hopes to heaven standards? Would you raise our lives for the gospel? Do this, please. Holy Spirit, by your, by your power and by your might and with your delight, I know that you delight to give your children the kingdom. Wake up, O oh sleeper, rise from the dead in and, and Christ, Christ, Jesus, shine on us, shine on us. Turn to somebody beside you and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. 